0: You are my home, you're my true home, I'm safe inside the shelter of your love. You are my home, you're my true home, I'm free to be a child once again. Sing it again, you are my home. You are my home, you're my true home. I'm safe inside the shelter of your love. You are my home, you're my true home. I'm free to be shine once again my heart is restless till it rests in you
1: yes hallelujah
0: my heart is restless till it rests in you until i dwell in you thank you jesus
1: hallelujah
0: glory to God. We're going to teach you a new song because my bass player who abandoned me tonight uh, <laughs> suggested that we learn this song. So, <laughs> But I'm glad he did because it's a great song. Not glad that he abandoned us. But. No, we're not glad he abandoned us. <laughs> He's earning mucho bucks, I suppose.
1: salvation where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah Hallelujah. hallelujah praise hallelujah.
0: and honor unto now my debt is paid it is paid in full by the Jesus. precious hallelujah. blood that my Jesus will, now the curse of sin has no hold on the sun sets free, oh, it's free in blue. Oh, the dead is paid. Thank dead you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By the precious blood that my Jesus
1: Stop
2: again. (laughs) I turned an extra page so I got confused. (laughs)
1: Turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the dark.
2: Reading a passage out of Luke 7, 36 about extravagant worship. Simeon, a Jewish religious leader, asked Jesus to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. When he went to Simeon's home, he took place or he took his place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard that Jesus was at Simeon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader, and in front of all of the guests, she knelt at the feet of Jesus. Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with her tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his, hair, or his, his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then, as an act of worship, she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume. When Simeon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Jesus said, Simeon, I have a word for you. Go ahead, teacher. I want to hear it, he answered. It's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other only owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they owed. Tell me, Simeon, which of the two debtors would be more thankful? Which one would love the banker most? Simeon answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greater debt forgiven. You are right, Jesus agreed. Then he spoke to Simeon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't even think about offering me water to wash the dust off of my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting, but from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all of her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, all your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said amongst themselves, who is the one who can even forgive sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace.
0: We continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. None of the rulers of this present world order understood it, for if they had, they would never, never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. This is why the scripture says, things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers.
1: Step is free. But his greatest miracle was to great.
3: Share a few words with you, and then we're going to take communion together. So we're we're celebrating what Jesus did, and I'm going to read to you from uh, Mark chapter 15. I'm just going to read through this whole account of what happened, and and then I've got some comments I want to make. I think uh, will be meaningful to you. So. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Now, this is, this is after all night long. They've already been haranguing him and flapping him around and beating him. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, it is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you? But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at the feast, he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels, and they had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he has always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. And Pilate answered and said to them, What then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, crucify him then Pilate said to them why what evil has he done but they cried out all the more crucify him so Pilate wanting to gratify the crowd released Barabbas to them and he delivered Jesus and after he had scourged him to be crucified and that scourged him that's the 39 stripes that just nearly killed him And then he was turned over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. They clothed him with purple. They twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head with a reed, and they spat on him, and they bowed their knee, and they worshiped him, and then they mocked him. They took the purple off him, and they put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. They brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. And the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. The scripture was fulfilled, it says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross. Likewise, Chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama Sabatani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood by, when they heard that, said, look, he's calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed, offered it to him to drink, saying, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come take him down. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. So the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. That's what I want to talk to you about for just a a few minutes. This temple... um, veil it wasn't it wasn't a little curtain I mean it was four to six inches thick it was a massive a massive piece of material and it wasn't a little thing it was perhaps as tall as this ceiling and you know ten or twelve feet i mean it was a big deal and it was a embroidered uh piece of material made out of it was it's basic color was white but then it had mixed in with that all these threads that were woven into it blue and red and purple threads and they were woven into it and it made this beautiful garment or or, or cloth and then on top of all that when they were doing all that they embroidered cherubims in this in this large veil this curtain it had cherubims on it and they were All around the inner part of the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, there were curtains with these same colors and cherubims embroidered into them. God wanted, he wanted the people to be able to see what it's like in his presence where you've got angels and cherubims all the time flying around worshiping. That's what God wanted. That's why he created this as a place for him to dwell and that we could see what it is like in heaven and what God is like. The blue thread Blue represents heaven and eternal things. The red thread represents Jesus and His blood. It represents mankind as well. This was think about this now. These colors and these threads—they all were woven together. God was saying, "I want you to understand how all this fits together, so that it creates something that you can understand of who I am and how our relationship is supposed to be between us." The purple represents royalty. Wealth and power. So this veil representing all these colors and all this beauty and all the, the knowledge and everything about who God is. When God told Moses how to do all that, he said, I want you to put this veil there as a divider between the holy place and the most holy place to separate you. He was doing that to protect us, so that someone wouldn't go into God's presence and die because we have a sin problem. And when you have sin, you can't be in the presence of a holy God. So God created this veil to separate us. And he, he also, though, he said, look, I'm going to let the high priest come in once a year and he's going to be able to come into my presence and offer a sacrifice or offer blood for all the sins of the people and make atonement for him. This was pointing towards Christ. All this was pointing towards Christ. Hebrews, in uh, chapter 10, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. His veil is... Uh, His flesh is the veil. And so from the beginning of time when God was making a plan of salvation, he was already looking towards the time when Jesus would come and give himself as a sacrifice that would make that new and living way. All those animal sacrifices, they didn't take away sin. They just covered it temporarily. And he says he's made this I want to read you about another veil. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is telling me, he said, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains over them. Uh, in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in christ but even to this day when moses is read a veil lies on their heart nevertheless when one turns to the lord the veil is taken away now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So he says their, their minds were blinded. Their minds were blinded because they had a veil over their heart. and The veil hadn't been taken away because the veil is taken away in Christ. So unbelievers have a veil over their heart. They can't see God. But God has made this new and living way for us. And he took away the veil that he established in Christ. And he also took away the veil that man established to try to not have to see God's glory. See, that's what Moses did. He, came, he had been up there with God and the, and the presence of God was so awesome that when he came down, his face was shining. And everybody looked at him. He didn't even know it, but everybody looked at him and said, We can't stand to look at you. Do something. Your face is shining. You know, We can't take it. And he put this veil over his face. So there's there's a veil that God established to protect us. And there's a veil that we established to keep God at his distance, I think. And all those veils are taken away in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating this week is the fact that he came and he did what no animal, no other person, no one else could do but him. He was the, the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And he came and he said, now, when I do this, this is going to be a one-time deal. It's going to take care of this for now and forever. There's not going to be any more need for blood to be shed. And there's not going to be any more reason to have a veil in the temple because now your sin problem, it's gone. If you want to approach me, there's a new and living way. You can approach me. And the veil on your heart's gone because now there's nothing to be afraid of and our relationship with God because he's forgiven us. He's taken all that away, and it was all in his sacrifice. That's why we celebrate this week. That's why we celebrate communion, because it is, it is the remembering of his death and his burial and his resurrection. It is the remembering of his body and blood that were, that were sacrificed for us. And we realize that his flesh took away the veil, all the veils, the veils that prevented you from knowing God, the veil that prevents you from from, uh, being able to love other people, all those veils. People go around with masks on their face and, you know, we got COVID and they're wearing masks, but people have been wearing masks for years though because they don't want people to really see who they are. They don't want people to look into their heart and into their lives and see who they are. So they put a mask on and put a veil on. Jesus has made a way that all those masks and veils can be removed and we can be open and transparent. We can love and we can be loved. That's pretty amazing that you can be loved. There's people that don't want to receive love because they don't feel worthy or they, they think they've, they've messed up or they've done too much that uh, They can't be forgiven. They've got all this guilt and shame. But that's all taken away in Christ's sacrifice. So I just want you to think about, think about the fact that Jesus did all of that for you before you cared anything about him and uh, before I cared anything about him before I was a preacher, before I knew anything about the Bible, before any of that, he loved me enough that he gave himself for me. He made that way. And that's why we celebrate this week. And all, all this stuff about the, the sacrifice and the pain and the suffering, the humiliation that Jesus went through, all those things were for us so that we don't have to be sacrificing in those same ways, so that we don't have to be shamed, that we don't have to be humiliated, so that we don't have to, to be guilt-ridden. He took all of that on himself. And we need to accept that. It's time to quit, quit thinking about our past in the same way and start thinking about it as it's gone. He's not remembering it. Why do you want to remember it? So as we celebrate communion together, I just, I just want to encourage you, let, let God speak new life into you about that so that, that everything, everything that you ever think about that causes you guilt or shame, would you just lay it down tonight? This could be a time for you to be forever healed and you'd never have to feel bad about that again. There's, there's no reason. His forgiveness is enough. It, it's like a slap in his face when we, when we pick up our guilt and shame after we've been forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. How offensive is that to, to more or less say, oh, well, I'm just not sure it's really enough. It is enough. So as we sing this song, you guys come and let's, let's uh, get the elements and then we'll protect together. And then we're going to be wrapping up here in just a few minutes.
0: On the night you were betrayed, you took the breath, after giving thanks you broke it and said, this is my body, broken for you, and
1: as you
3: Says, As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, he gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they drank all from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, They went out to the Mount of Olives. So Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, the night he began to go through all of his sufferings, he shared that last meal with the disciples and he he said, this is my body. That's what we were talking about a while ago, his flesh. By his flesh being offered, it made the new and living way. So Lord, we receive All that you provided in your death, Lord, we receive all that you provided in in those beatings that you took and that humiliation that you experienced, the mocking and the crown of thorns and the nails through your hands, the spitting upon you and the beating and the whipping and lashing, all those things, you endured that to make this new and living way. We thank you for that, Lord. We celebrate you. You said to do this, as often as you do it, in remembrance of me, to celebrate and remember the death and the burial of you until you come again. So Lord, thank you for that. And we receive that tonight. We receive all that we need from your body, everything you provided. Lord, I don't want to leave anything out. Everything that you provided, I receive it now. In Jesus' name, let's break and partake. When Jesus took that cup, he blessed it and he, and he handed it to him. He said, all of you, drink from it. We don't do communion that way here. We all have our own individual cups. But you know, we are connected. We are a body. And it's just as if, it's just as if we were all drinking from the same cup because it's the same, it is the cup of the blood of Christ. The cup of his blood, the blood of the new covenant and we are all partakers of that. So Lord, thank you. You gave your blood. You didn't give it begrudgingly, but you gave it willingly because you loved us. And Lord, your blood, it provides our salvation, it provides our redemption, everything that the devil has tried to to take away from us. From the beginning of time at the fall, everything that the devil has taken away, you are bringing back through the redemption provided by your blood and your sacrifice. You are restoring that in us. Lord, I don't wanna be guilty. Of of thinking about my past in a way that causes guilt and shame. That is a lie and deception of the enemy. And so I ask that you never allow me to think that way, Lord. I want to remember that I'm forgiven. I want to remember that I am totally forgiven. My sins are gone. You told me that you will not remember my sins anymore. That's good enough for me. So Lord, your blood, the, the new covenant, We thank you for shedding it for us, and we partake of that now. And all that that happens when we partake of you, Lord, let it be now. Let the power of your blood be poured out in and through us now. In Jesus' name as we partake. Amen.
0: Above all power, above all grace,
1: above all nature and all created things.
3: Lord, thank you that you were thinking of us when you took all that upon yourself, Lord. Yes. Thank you for that great love.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
3: Lord, I thank you that you didn't stay in that empty tomb, in that tomb, Lord. You came out of there because Hallelujah. the power of the resurrection
1: thank you, Jesus.
3: is in you and it's in us now as your people, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And you are alive. Yes. And you rule and reign in our lives and our hearts. And you rule and reign in this earth, Lord, through your people. That's how you rule and reign, is through your people. And so, Lord, cause us as your people to rise up, be the body of Christ that you've called us to be. that we would take our rightful place, that our culture, our politics, and our school systems, and all the things that, that we see happening that are changing rapidly, Lord, cause us to rise up and take our place so that you can have your way. Yes, Jesus. Because you said your glory would fill the whole earth. Oh, so Lord, we proclaim that. Jesus. We proclaim that now. Change us, Lord. Let us rise up and be your people. Yes. So that you can be our God. Amen. We celebrate you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good night and have a Great weekend. I'll see you Sunday morning. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Amen.